You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 177 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week's, oh my goodness, this week's episode I am so excited for. Um, We have one of Broadway's princesses, a sparkling diamond. I mean, you name it. We This guest this week is just, she's done it all. And, uh, you know, a big fan of her. I got to see a show this weekend, and... It was obviously the show that our fabulous guest is in this week. Um, And it was Moulin Rouge. And for those of you who don't know, Courtney Reed is joining us on the podcast today. And, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't – I was never fully, like, on the Moulin Rouge, like, fan base. Like, their fans are just incredible and so dedicated and all the things. And – I don't know. Like, I don't remember loving Moulin Rouge as much as I did when I just saw it this past weekend. Um, I don't know why. I don't, I'm try, I've been trying to, like, dissect it. And honestly, I really do think that, like, a large part of it has to do with the current stars in the show. Um, and that's not to take anything away from the people that I did see in the show. I saw Aaron Tveit. Um, in the show, and it was just after COVID, so I'm not 100% sure who our Satine was. Um, but Aaron Tveit as Christian, he's so phenomenal and he's so talented, but there's something about Casey Cott in this role that everything just makes sense. Um, and of course, the performance that Courtney Reed does to complement like the two leads, um, their chemistry and their dynamic and everything was just... It was so prevalent when I saw it this weekend, and it made the show that much better that I'm fully on board with the Moulin Rouge hype train. I am obsessed. I'm in my Moulin Rouge era, you may say. Um, but honestly, like I just fell in love, and Casey Cott's version of Christian is like it's so unbelievably difficult not to fall in love with him. And let me tell you something. It's not to fall in love with Aaron Tveit, where, oh my God, he's so beautiful and everything. Not that Casey Cott's not beautiful, because he is. But it's a, you like, you fall in love with him for the the cutesy, like awkwardy and, and all the like fun little things. Like you fall in love with 
the personality. Like you totally are just like, oh my God, this boy is just madly in love and you root for it that much more. Um, and it, those two together are just so perfect that I'm so thrilled that I'm able to have Courtney on the podcast today to talk about all of it. Um, okay, so before we get into all of that, we got to talk about some Broadway news. As I mentioned, We'll start off a little bit with the Moulin Rouge. I know I'm already chatting about it a little bit, but I also want to go further in saying that this time, I noticed that Moulin Rouge is semi-related to Finding Neverland. And I also think that that added another level of enjoyment. So any of you Finding Neverland fans out there, which there may be a lot of you out there because if you're listening to this, you're probably a Finding Neverland fan. So there are is a show within a show happening in Moulin Rouge, similar to how Jan Barry was literally writing Peter Pan, and then we did a show within a show um, in, in our in our production of Finding Neverland. So it was interesting to kind of see that journey and play with it through that and watch it unfold as Moulin Rouge wrote their show that they were putting on in the Moulin Rouge about what was playing out. So that was a very interesting factor. And then, of course, there was the added level of, okay, Satine gets sick during all of this craziness and passes away, similar to how Sylvia, the love interest of the writer, Christian, who's the composer, um, Sylvia falls in love with J.M. Barry, who's the writer of Peter Pan, and she gets sick, coughing up blood and all the things that Satine is doing, and that is the inspiration for these characters and this ride that happens. And then unfortunately they both, you know, pass away and there's a beautiful scene for both of them to do, to do so and to tell that moment in the story. So there was so many like levels that I was watching from it this weekend and just like fell in love with it. You guys can call me crazy or whatever, because they at the same time, couldn't be polar opposites. Um, but when you look at it through that lens, there is that relatability. And um, it was just really, really cool for me to see it from that perspective. And I think I started to like fall in love with it even more on top of the current stars that are uh, in the show and uh, giving it their all eight times a week over at the Al Hirschfeld Theater and the uh, 2020 or 2021 Tony Awards um, like leading musical for the Tonys, um, for all the Tony Award winnings. So um, congratulations to all of them. And this cast is incredible, um, so diverse, so inclusive, and um, it's really, really beautiful what they do over at the Moulin Rouge every night. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of that today. And um, other news, I, I just want to say happy first preview to Merrily We Roll Along and Gutenberg. Um, very exciting stuff for both of them. I literally can't wait for either of those shows um hopefully i get to see them but you know they're a hot commodity um but very excited to, nonetheless so uh we'll see how that goes and then um i also want to shout out kelly o'hara and brian darcy james kelly o'hara take about family member um she's coming back to broadway with, with of course brian darcy james in days of wine and roses and that's coming this season in on uh january 28th 2024 so that's very exciting i they, they obviously just finished up a run off broadway huge success now they're coming to broadway um and it's just 
I mean, these two are like, they belong on Broadway. I mean, they are, this is their home. I feel like when you think of those two, you just think of Broadway and Broadway royalty. So it's just like, it makes sense. Um, and then of course, to like have them in the same show playing love interest, like I, I'm just so excited for it because I didn't get to see it off Broadway. So I'm so excited to see it. Um, and hopefully more people continue to have the chance to see it um, when it comes to Broadway. Um, so shout out and congrats to uh, you guys. I also, uh, this is a little bit of a sad moment of the podcast episode. I want to give my condolences to Michael McGrath. For those of you listening, our community, our theater community, lost a true titan of a performer and a leader in our community. I personally never got the chance to... um, fully work with Michael McGrath. I have met him before, but he was Froman in Finding Everland when it was at ART. And so he is someone that I've heard about all the times. I've heard all of his his wonderful stories. Um, And he passed away this past week. And to see the community, you know, share their stories and share their experiences working with Michael and how he how he touched every person's life that he like had the honor of meeting him you know including myself and and the stories that I continue to hear about him and the information that I continue to soak up and how he taught so much and how so much of his leadership um you know is in every leader of a Broadway show right now from Betsy Wolf, who wrote a wonderful message to Carolee Carmelo and all of these. So it's wonderful to see. Um, it's so sad to see him go, but it's wonderful to see this, uh, his legacy live on through all of the people that have gotten the honor of working with him and meeting him and um, be graced with his presence, um, to be completely honest. So um, my deepest condolences to, to all of the, all of the, you know, family, friends, cast members, um, anyone who who knew Michael and um, fans of Michael, you know, like oh, this entire community, like I, we truly lost a good one. And I'm like, sorry to all of you. But, um, you know, it's again, his legacy will continue through everyone. And uh, it's just uh, so sad to see him go. So um, shout out to Michael McGrath for an incredible career. I mean, he's literally been in a million Broadway shows and uh, beyond that he was an integral part of bringing shows to Broadway Um, so thank you for everything that you've done for our community and for the people in our community um, and your leadership in our community Um, you will be very missed so moving on uh, we're going to talk about Tia Nonman it was announced you know I said a couple weeks ago, Zachary Noah Pizer, he um, stepped out of the company for Tiananmen for personal reasons. It wasn't aligning with his, um, you know, personal beliefs or um, there was like, there was things going on and um, it was, he felt like it was best to step away. Um, So it was announced that the lead for the show, he will be replaced by Kennedy Kanagawa, which I am so excited about. Take a bow family member. Uh, For those of you who don't know or or, are like, oh my God, I know that name. 
Yes, you do. He played Milky White in Into the Woods, both on Broadway and on tour. And he came on here to talk to us about his experience playing Milky White and being on Broadway and all the things and touring because we had him while he was touring. Um, so an incredible um, full circle moment. He is so excited to um, be a part of the show and be able to have the opportunity to lead a production. Um, so best of luck to him and the, the entire cast that's opening up um, in Phoenix this, I guess, fall that we're in now. Yeah. So uh, very exciting stuff for, for Kennedy and that cast because they will be led by, um, you know, just a wonderful human being and a wonderful performer. So I can't wait to, uh, to see how that goes and, and to follow that show. I also, last thing I want to mention, this is craziness, y'all. There has been a lot of audience just like off the walls uh, lately. And um, there's just like, what is happening, folks? Right now, I'm talking about a congresswoman, Lauren Boebert, um, who was in the audience during a Beetlejuice show on tour. And they are they're sharing all of these videos with her and they have her vaping and and taking flash photography and and video and they also have videos of you know a little touchy stuff going on and it's like what is happening um it's wild. Um, I mean, you do you, and I don't know. She eventually got kicked out of Beetlejuice, for those of you who don't know. Um, and it was because of she was being disruptive and, and the audience members and everything. And Beetlejuice is like a family show. You know, it's very kid-oriented, especially with how it took off on TikTok and all of the things. Um, so it's, it, it's like a weird show to, like, I don't know, get freaky in and, and I, I don't know. And so, um, yeah, that was a very interesting thing. She was getting thrown out and she was like, do you know who I am? And she was causing a scene. And then she later took to Twitter and was like, Oh, um, I had a wonderful time for the parts that I saw. I hope that anyone goes can let me know like how the whole show is. And like, she was nice about it kind of in her tweet. Um, but it was also like, oh my God, like whatever. So wild stuff going on here at Broadway shows. And, and like, I haven't really talked about it on here because it's just like a, a weird thing to talk about, especially like as a performer to talk about audience members and everything. Like the whole thing with Leah Salonga in Here Lies Love with the audience member coming into her dressing room and, and the fan or whatever, like all of the, it's so bizarre. Like at the end of the day, like these are people doing a job. Like imagine if, a like, I mean, now I'm gonna I'm I may get a little political here, but imagine like Congresswoman Bobert has been very outwardly um, rude to members of our theater community. You know, from drag queens to um, she made homophobic remarks and all the things. So like, imagine, you know us like the theater community like showing up and taking like flash photography during one of her like i don't know big big things that uh her press conference or whatever it is um or started to like i don't know touch a partner like or anything like it's just so it's so uh bizarre and so like unprofessional that like these things can happen. Like we're here to do a job. We're here to perform and to entertain others. And when people are being distracting, like we can't do that. Like we can't do our job. And um, 
I don't know. Like, it's just at the end of the day, like we're human. Can you respect us and our work? And we will do the same to you and making sure that you are respected and, and thanking like you for spending the money to keep us, keep our jobs alive, you know, like keep food on our table, like all of these things. It's just such a, it's just such a wild thing. And it's such a wild thing to bring up and to talk about, but it's just like, what is happening? Everyone as audience members, all of you listening to this, please get, take into consideration what is happening. Um, please, you know, don't harass performers or take flash photography or any of that. And we talk a little bit about that with Courtney um, in the sense that like, you know, Roxanne is always, always filmed somehow where Moulin Rouge is super strict too. Like the ushers there um, right before the show, they were very strict about like, Oh, right now you can't take photos of the stage actually. Like when you try to get your like little playbill picture, because you know, the cast was literally coming out slowly onto the stage and they have this little pre-show moment. So it's just like, it's wild and, and and people just still like won't respect that and it's just so unfortunate to see so for everyone i'm doing a little call out please 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 respect um the performers and you can always take a picture at intermission or after the show like there are times and at stage doors there we're all human we'll get to you like we'll do things we'll figure it out and it's certainly not like your last opportunity to do this ever so um I don't know. Just try to let's all try to be a little bit more mindful and all that. Okay, moving on because I could talk about that for way too long and I'm rambling. And uh, I think that's all I have for you folks this week. So let's turn it over to our fabulous interview this week with the lovely and comparable Courtney Reed. Courtney Reed, curtain up. <laughs> This week's guest is a Grammy-nominated queen coming straight from originating the role of Satine on the first national tour of Moulin Rouge, where she currently also stars on Broadway as Satine. Craziness. What a transition. What a whirlwind. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, you may also know this fabulous performer from originating the role of Princess Jasmine in Disney's Aladdin, or even from shows such as In the Heights and Mamma Mia. So everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Courtney Reed. Hi, Courtney. Yay! What's up? <laughs> oh my god. I'm so excited. As I told you, I saw the show this weekend, obsessed, and now I'm on the Moulin Rouge train. Like, I'm like in my fanboy phase of the show. So, um, this is going to be very exciting for me. Oh my gosh, hilarious. You're hilarious. What an intro. Oh thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I love the intros. I love hyping people up. It's like my favorite thing to do. So it's one of my favorite parts of doing this this podcast here. Um, so, so the way I usually like to, you know, start these things out is just to like, get to know, like, how, how did we get here? Like, what wanted, like, why did you want to become a performer? What inspired you to become a performer and entertain others? Well, you know, my sister was, um, my sister's three years older than me and she was, um, totally into, uh, dance and taking classes and doing oh the community gosh. theater and all that kind of stuff. And I would just like wanted to do everything she did. So I started doing community theater when I was like six and just fell in love. And then, you know, from there went to, um, a performing arts high school and then a theater conservatory. And then, after that, I booked my first Broadway show like five 
months out of college and then just like that, that <laughs> rest is history. I know, like so cash. Like what was I giving? I don't know. Stop <laughs> it. I'm dead. That's so iconic though. It's like, it, it's so, I'm such a believer in like the universe has like a plan for you and like things work out at the timing it works out. It's just like everything happens for a reason. So it's really cool to, to hear that. It kind of came from your sister. Oh. That's how it happened from me. That's really cool. Really? Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. She she doesn't do it anymore, which is upsetting to me, but it's fine. Because um, I do, I'll do it. I'll do it for us. Um, <laughs> so, nice. so, yeah, of course. And your first Broadway show, it was Mamma Mia or was it in the Heights? It was. It was Mamma Mia. Yeah, yeah. So I I had never been to New York City and I'd never seen a Broadway show. And no I was way. like, yeah, I auditioned in Chicago. And I thought it was for the national tour. And turns out, actually, another – there were two tracks that they were casting. I'm pretty positive. And one track was open for um, Broadway and one track was open for Vegas. There was a Vegas company at the time. Uh, and the girl period. that went in, like, right before me got the Vegas company and I got the Broadway company. And I was just like, wow, that's so crazy to think, like, what my life would have been if I would have gone to Vegas. And, like, how right. different – I like, who knows? Right. Who knows? Real. And now yeah. here you are, you know, four Broadway shows under your belt later. Not a big Crazy. deal. And oh uh, yeah, we're, we're here on Broadway. And the thing is, like, now you literally just came off the road with Moulin Rouge. And then you, like, yeah. went right into Broadway. You know, like, what what was that like? Is that something, like, I don't know. Because it's not like you are coming to a new show. and a new, But you're coming to a new company. And you're coming to... Broadway where you're not like traveling every so often every couple of weeks like it was there an adjustment or was it kind of like oh I kind of already know what I'm doing since I've been on Broadway and I've done the show it was a little bit of both actually I think like you know it's interesting I had never um well no I had done this before so when I was uh, in the Broadway company of Aladdin I had always wanted to play LA. And so oh. I was able to, um, in my final five weeks, this was so crazy, able to go to the, <laughs> the national tour and was able to switch with. So Izzy McCallow was doing it on the tour. And I was doing it on Broadway. We got to switch for five weeks while she was on the tour. She got to come to Broadway and I got to go to the tour and finish off my run with my original Aladdin, Adam Jacobs, oh and the original standby, standby um, Michael James Scott. It was so crazy. And so going into that, I had like kind of had um, that experience before going to a different company. It's like crazy. It's like the same show essentially, but right. like everyone's different, but they're like in the same costumes. So like if you just like squint your eyes a little bit it's like kind of the same just different bodies and right. sometimes for and so for me it was was really insane for going from the tour to broadway was there were similar people from the tour so i had had like the same latrec the same duke but they had left mm. several months prior so like they had new bits and i was like okay so now we're having like new bits and so familiar faces <laughs> unfamiliar faces then like some people in the ensemble who were in different costumes that I'm used to seeing them in on the tour. It was like, it was crazy. But the, the biggest difference is there, there's a passerelle on Broadway and there wasn't on the tour. It's mm. like where the, where it's kind of like that runway in the right. front where you see it on Broadway, but you don't see it on the tours because you can't like 
you know, change every theater that you go to. And so that was maybe one of the biggest changes for me. It was like, oh my gosh, okay, now this is where I'm on the passerelle. Okay. I'm like descending down onto the passerelle instead of like on the stage when I make my entrance. So like little things like that, but really like, I would say it probably took like a week and I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, you, you it was in my body. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's so interesting because we had John Card- uh, Cardozo on. Is that how you, I think that's how you say it. Yeah, um, Cardozo, my yeah. king. Um, and he was talking about how, like, the set and everything. It's like it's not a traditional tour where you're we're like going to a new city every week just because of how big our set is. And you like yeah. totally forget like when you go to Broadway, it's like. I mean, they got giant elephants. They've got the the part of the stage where it literally is in the audience, you know, like it's madness. So it, it makes sense that, you know, there was some sort of adjustment and you're not able to do that in every theater that you travel to because that would be insane work for the crew members and all of the, all the theaters involved. Oh my gosh, it's, absolutely it's, insane. No, insane. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You and John actually kind of remind me of each other. Like, really? I don't know. You, yeah, I don't know. You. I just feel like you two are like, you made my day day just now we have a lot of the same friends and i feel like we have a lot of the same friends just because we remind them of each other so that's good to hear i'm glad i'm glad to hear that um it's good vibes yeah i mean he's a star so so yeah well it's interesting because we're talking about him right and and we talk about you know having different cast members but also having the same cast members and all the things but the person that you kind of, you know, share the stage with the most is obviously John and now Casey. So I'm curious for you, like, how does that kind of change your perspective on Satine? Or how does that change your show at all? Uh, finding, you know, the different chemistry or as you mentioned, like the little bits or whatever it may be. Yeah, it's so, it's 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 vastly different. I mean, the show is like, 
it's like not. I mean, it's a totally different show depending on who is on. Is it the, the Christian and the Satine there? It's just like, it's insane to think of. I've never played a role where um, she has so much stage time and she has so much stage time yes. with like one specific person, <laughs> and a lot of it rides on their chemistry. Like the story is right. either like, it's either like a um, a heartbreaking, beautiful love story, or it's just like a beautiful, spectacular show. You know, it's like mm. it's it's it could be it could be all of those things, but it could also be like depending on the chemistry or depending on like how well the two get along. Like it could it could really make or break the show. I think, and I think like you know um, when John came in, we he was a replacement, and so it was like. Right. You know, we had to like have instant chemistry, you know, and I think that what is amazing is that he was totally open and willing to like building our chemistry off stage as well, like, like hanging yeah. out and like getting to know each other. And I think like the more we got to know each other and the stronger our bond came, became off stage, it was stronger on stage. And so you start to right. feel that like safety on the stage and, and like, you know, that person sort of like intimately and you know them like so well that you're like you're not afraid to go there, you know? And mm. so I, then when, when Casey joined, it's like, it was great because I knew when Casey and I joined the Broadway company together, I knew him previously. And so it was like, we had that. Uh -huh. It was like, okay, we know each other. And I knew his brother and like, we had known each other for years, but like had never worked together. And so it was like, and Casey is just like, he is so easy to work with. He's just so yes. chill. He's so fun. And like, is just like hilarious and amazing and like they're both like the easiest best people to work with i'm like i'm just like pinching oh. myself i'm so lucky like to Stop. have that because you don't always have it you know like so it could true go, it could be bad <laughs> yeah it, it could go way south and the whole yeah. show depends on it so good luck mm -hmm. um no, no yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah I'm curious, though, because, like, in my experience, I've done both touring and Broadway. And from my experience, I feel like it was easier. Or, or I, I don't know about easier, but maybe, like, quicker to establish a relationship on the road than it was on Broadway. Because it seems like you're always together. You have to travel together. You have to do all of these things together. You maybe even live in the same, like, hotel or whatever so you can walk home together. But, like, when you go to Broadway, it's like you come in, you do the show, and then you go home. It's like... Do you kind of feel that dynamic as well? And could, did the road kind of help you and John kind of create that chemistry quicker, I guess? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Because you're like, when you're in Cleveland, Ohio, you're like, well, <laughs> what else are we going to do today? Let's just like go, like, let's get to the theater early and like hang out, you know, like right. it, when you're on tour, like you really like you're there to do the show. And so you don't have a, not, nothing against Cleveland. Like I had a great time in Cleveland, but we were like, dang, like, what do we, you know? Like, what it's do we so do today? True. Let's just, like, hang out. And New York is different. I'm so lucky that Casey is, like, because Casey actually, like, so when he finished Riverdale, he was living in Vancouver. And then uh -huh. he then he got a house um, in Nashville. And so then, like, really, like, so he's kind of, like, almost, like, on tour in New York, you know? And, like, for yeah. me, becoming coming from off tour, I'm, like, I'm subletting here until we find a place that's more permanent. So I still feel mm -hmm. a little bit like I'm on tour. So we are able to both, we're both like, Hey, you want to hang out? You know? And like, right. um, my fiance and his wife and like, we'll just be like, Hey, should we just like have a dinner together? Like all of us, like, so we, we kind of so still cute. treat it like tour life a little bit, which is really fun, but no, you're so right. Like 
the New York life is very like go, go, go. And it's a lot of people have their own lives to go to. So it's not like you depend on each other to like entertain. Well, yeah, Uh, each other, you know, absolutely. And especially performers, because like, you know, in New York, like for Broadway, at least it's the hub. So like during the day, you're probably doing a reading for a, a different show. Like you don't even have time to do that when, when you're on tour, like you can't even do that. You know, like that's not even Yeah, possible. exactly. So there's always, always added layers in New York. We, we, we love, we love. And we, we it's delightful love, shows. yeah. We do. Yeah, it's true, um, it's true. <laughs> but it's madness at the same time. And, uh, but that's great. And I, I'm obsessed that you kind of, I don't know, kind of adapted that to to the Broadway um, and carried it over uh, with Casey. Yeah. It's so fun. I was literally like, I, when I saw the show this weekend, I was like, you know, it's crazy. Like you guys have, I mean, you've been on Broadway f- performing the show for two weeks now, three weeks going on? Yeah, it's been, oh, well, no, longer. So we started longer? August 1st. Oh my God. Wait, I didn't do my research hours? right. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, but like also like, I joined, we joined August 1st okay. and then we, and then my fiance and I went to Tokyo for like 10 days at the oh. beginning of September. So it honestly does feel like I just joined. Yeah. It really feels it like just, I just joined. It feels like that too. And maybe times were just very fast. And I was like, it's crazy how you guys' bond is already there. Cause like you said, so much of it relies on that chemistry and from an audience perspective, like. It was there, you know, like it. you both very much cared about each other. You guys were like, I don't know, you guys, I don't know. I look for like the little bits that like maybe audience members don't catch. And, you know, you guys can totally see that you guys already have established that. And it's just so cute to see. Um, oh, I love thank you for saying that. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I think like, I think it, it's kind of fun because who was I talking to about this? maybe even just like yesterday on tour. Cause, Oh yeah. Because a bunch of my tour friends were here, um, you know, auditioning for Gatsby, you know, like, yes, it's like always course. like you like come in and audition, like go on tour, like that tour life. It's like they're in DC. So they're like rushing into the city. To right. And they were like, what's the difference? And I was like, you know, on tour, like, you know, all the dressing rooms are usually like on the same floor. And so everyone can like, hang out and do the thing. And, um, on Broadway, my dressing room with Casey is like, it's like me and Casey on one tower and then everyone else on the other <laughs> tower. So it's like, I'm used to everyone coming to my dressing room at intermission and like every, my door is like always open. And so people are always coming and hanging out and oh. it's different. And so I'm like, oh, it's so different. They're so far away. And people do venture to like, yeah. you know, make it, but it's not like half of the cast like it normally would be. And so right. I was like, yeah, but I was like, I do have Casey though. And he's on my he's on my side. And so we're always visiting each other. And so, and that's, that's always just like really fun because that is really how you build the chemistry. You're just like, it's gotta be the offstage stuff that you do. Right. And and it's like, it happens without you even like knowing, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's like the beautiful thing about it is like it legit creates a friendship and not like, Oh, let me get to know this person so that I can tell this story. It's like, no, like there's like a genuine bond that happens just naturally just being in a theater, like almost, I don't know. There's an aura about the theater. (laughs) It really is. Um, You're right. I love it, but it's so weird because I've said it, like I say it every episode, I think like the Broadway theaters literally the dressing rooms suck 
because all the ensembles and especially the kids, like they always put them on the top floor because we have the most energy and we can climb the stairs, you know, like it's like five floors. And it's like, for what? Like we're so secluded and like opposite sides. So like, I get what you're saying and it's craziness, but the backstage, uh, I don't know, life kind of, it, it takes a mind of its own. I'm sure there's some crazy backstage stories that you have. We don't need to get into that, oh but <laughs> so many, yeah. But yeah, no, totally, totally. So, um, so you mentioned like the sets a little bit different and all of these things for this show. Did you have to do anything like just coming into the show, not even necessarily Broadway, but the show in general, um, even from the touring, it's got to be a different process somehow because this is a jukebox musical. So you probably already knew a lot of these songs coming in. So it's not like a traditional rehearsal process where like day one, you're learning the score, you know? Right. What What is all of that like? And do, or did you have to like go to a trapeze training thing facility to, to learn that? Like, was there added elements that you kind of like haven't experienced before coming into the show? Yeah. Oh my gosh. How did you know that I had to do trapeze? Like I literally, we went to a facility and like learned it and I'm just like, but she's just like sitting there and you realize mm -hmm. that like, actually there's like choreo on like yeah. when, when she moves and how she does the thing. And what's really funny oh, yeah. is that like, I never would have known that like it, so Sonia really is very specific about she doesn't want the swing like swinging a lot. And so you have to like use your own resistance when you're Worse. pushing against it. And so you have to like sort of there's so there's like an actual technique to the trape trapeze <laughs> and it doesn't look like it. It just looks like right. it's like like, OK, you're just like there and then you lean and then you put your hand up. And it, but it's like kind of like it's kind of crazy because you're like up there, you're in two corsets and of course right. you're just like okay and I'm like sitting and I'm like holding <laughs> myself and I'm like trying to sing and then like moving myself but like pushing resistance against the bar and like doing the whole thing that I have to like unclip then you have to think about unclipping yeah. and then like lifting yourself off the thing while like the boys take you down it's a whole moment where you're just like I really don't feel sexy at all but I'm supposed <laughs> to be like you know, epically like coming in, you know, and meanwhile, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, can I breathe? Can I like take a full <laughs> breath? When I first started, I was like, I actually can't breathe in these two corsets. Like they had right. to like take them out. Cause I was like, you guys, I literally can't breathe. Like this is supposed <laughs> to be like the thing. Um, right. But yeah. So it, like learning the trapeze, like that was fun. But also like, I know there's been a lot of um, satines that have trouble getting out of the belt. And I was so lucky that like, oh. I used that same exact belt for four years in Aladdin. So I was like, I know oh. these belts through and through because I'm like, I guess yes. like every show I'm in, I have to fly, I <laughs> guess. So like, what's the next show that I could be in that I could fly? I don't know. But, That's um, sick, so yeah. Isn't it so funny? Like, what? yeah, but How that's so cool. Like, yeah, but what, don't you want to fly? Yeah. Come on. That'd be sick. I um, know. <laughs> I knew I knew about the trapeze because I had to do it for Pippin, and it was oh. it, it was a time it was a time and a half. So I totally get what you're saying with the it's on core. Let's just say that the core strength oh was gosh. is real. Yeah, mean, you yeah, must yeah. have had to do like a lot though. Pippin was like, no, I mean, this, I mean, trapeze, I this is like nothing. She just like comes <laughs> in. That's it. I did probably a lot. That. Not on the trapeze, but there were other circus things. I was like. I had to learn like the juggling and walking on a ball. Like it was all like balancing and like core work. And it, it was, it was fun. Um, 
but trapeze, it wasn't that much. Cause I literally like you do, like I literally went up and down in like the last scene on a trapeze, but they were like, come to this facility to learn how to do the trapeze. And I was like, I'm just sitting on it. But then they were like, whoa, that is not just sitting on it. Um, so it's yeah, pretty neat. It's it, true. But it's, I, I can respect it. I saw you coming down and I was like, oh yeah, that that's tricky, but it, you make it look effortless. So it's, it's pretty oh, great. Oh, bless you, darling. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's true. Um, so talk to me more about this, this whole Moulin Rouge, because on tour and everything, is there like the elephant? Is there like all these things that happen or is it sort of different? Not that the elephant is like a giant role in the show or anything on Broadway, but it's very pretty to look at. <laughs> it is very pretty to look at. We had in in the big venues, the venues that had like any sort of space on the side, we were able mm-hmm. to fit the elephant and the windmill, which was incredible. Really? And that those were like, I mean, that really establishes the the environment when you walk in, right? It's like, right. oh my gosh, the windmill, the iconic elephant, like everything. So we were able to have that in honestly most cities, but then some of the smaller cities that had like venues that didn't have any of the sort of space on the side, we didn't have it. But then again, like people would come see the show and they're like, oh, I didn't even notice that it wasn't there. Right. You know, because well, the so set much design to... is so epic. Yeah, there's so much to look at. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Freaking so Cleveland, much. Ohio didn't get the windmill and elephant, but that's okay. We don't need But that. that's okay because you get everything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, I love the Ohio slander. I'm like basically from Ohio, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's great. I'm doing it with you. Don't worry. Um, okay. It's it's so funny. It's so funny. The, everyone, my family will will enjoy it. That that's who I'm doing it for. Uh, <laughs> so I'm curious to talk to you about Satine herself because Satine is such a dynamic character, and it's I feel like one of the more like underrated characters. Like to be honest, like she's such a girl boss, and it's like I never even like really viewed her as that until like just this weekend seeing the show. Um, you know, there's the moment at the end of the show where you finally like stand up for yourself and is like, nobody owns me. And I'm like, that has to be such an invigorating moment as a performer. And, and, and I don't know, just to like tell that story in front of, you know, a large audience or even younger people, you know, to kind of send that message. What is what is it like just to play Satine and, and kind of take us on this journey of hers that's so, you know, it's a roller coaster? Yeah, it really is a roller coaster. I think, um, like, uh, selfishly from an acting perspective, I think it's, it's like such a dream role because she gets to really, she has such an arc and she yeah. has such a great, incredible journey. I think that that is so satisfying to be able to play and to like sort of flex those muscles. And, and I think, you know, also to have this like really sort of strong female character and like have her get the final bow, which is like insane to Mm -hmm. me. I'm like, this is just like so cool. Uh, And um, I think, you know, I was always inspired by Nicole Kidman in the film. Yeah. I just thought that she and Ewan McGregor were just like, oh my gosh, perfection. They will always be like number one Christian Satine to yeah. me. Um, and I think that with the musical, they were able to build upon that and like even create more um, depth to her, which I think is really great with like mm. 
You know, like even with Firework, which when I first was like, period, I really have to sing this song. Like, but really, Girl, when you make sense of it, it's like, you know, it, it's kind of like moving. Yeah, it really it's is. It's like, it's like um a bit it's a her real it's i mean it's like a her i want song and like when you like break down firework mm. as like not a pop song into like a musical theater song right. it, it is really like it's really it is like kind of an epic i want song um but anyway <laughs> enough about firework no, but, we yeah, no, I, think it's, I think it's amazing i think that i think the biggest thing about Satine is like when you finally see her vulnerability because she has these walls and she builds these walls because of where she came from. But I think it's so beautiful for her to be inspired by the innocence of Christian and and his just like lust for life and, and gives her sort of those, those final moments of her life to be able to like live the life that she always wanted. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, cause it is really sad. It's like, um, it's sad to see that she had to harden herself in that way. I, I'm, I'm right. like, I'm like the opposite. I'm more of a in life. I'm more of a Christian than a Satine, right? You know, and so me for me, like, <laughs> right, know, right. And so, like, you know, it's more of a flex for me to like have to harden myself in that way. But I think what's so beautiful is seeing her vulnerability and seeing her yeah. break down those walls, so that it's even more of a payoff at the end. Not mm. a payoff, but you know what I mean. It's more meaningful at the end when you see yeah. that that um, that she was able to have those moments, and then she's you know, spoiler alert, but she's happy when she in in those last moments. It was a funny Casey was like, "You look at me when you're dying and you're smiling," and I'm like, "I'm smiling <laughs> because like I'm happy, you know, like I'm happy that mm. like the show went on and that she she's happy that like honestly, I think at the end she's like you you should be the one to live on. Right. Like you still have that like lust for life. And I like, I'm just, I'm stuck. Like she's stuck and it's, it's sad and it's, right. but it's beautiful and it's moving. And I think people leave the show and they, they like, they see a spectacular like jukebox musical, but they're like, Oh, th- I think this actually like kind of moved me. Or like, yeah. that's the hope, right? That's the hope. No. I mean, who knows? Well, it's definitely it's definitely there, and that's definitely the case because it's so much of Satine is like at the same time like she's a people pleaser, like she's doing everything for everyone but herself, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that like in the end she she does something for herself, and then you know obviously it, it takes a sad turn but you know she also like that that ends with like the person that she truly loves like the person that she would want to like have her last moment with and that like it's just like such a beautiful you know full circle like oh my god so cute type of way where that's the moving piece that you know is like holy cow and then you have the spectacular uh bows which is like everything's happening and glitter's being shot out of cannons after you know one of the main character just died you know it's just like but it's great like that's what we're getting at the moulin rouge um you mentioned you mentioned like nicole kidman right and 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 ewan mcgregor of course but like i'm curious like how much of the movie kind of impacted your preparation for either the audition or for rehearsals, whatever it is, and just your like development for Satine? Honestly, so much of it. I think really? it it's, yeah, it's so funny. Like, I feel like 
because I've had a long journey with the show and then I had a really long journey with Aladdin and these were mm. both like movies first that then became musicals and like I think yeah. so much of my inspiration was like with Aladdin was like Linda Larkin and like hearing her because I grew up with that film like hearing her line reads and being like hey yeah. if it ain't broke don't fix it you know and it's like it, this is how I remember this as a child like I cannot slander this and then um so much of Nicole Kidman's um, inspir- I mean, I was so inspired by her performance and it's so ingrained in me in the same way that like Aladdin was as a child. But then like for me as an adult with Moulin Rouge, I mean, I watched that movie on repeat. Like I would, I loved that movie. I knew, I know it like in an inside and out. And I still like to this day, like when I watch it, I, I'm so moved and I'm like, I, I always think that the ending is going to be different. I'm like, no, it's going to yeah. change this time. You know, it's just like, I'm so invested in it. And so I think a lot of the inspiration did come from that. And I think when I approached the material, I was like, what would Nicole do? You know, like how Real. would she, how would she do this? And then I think just naturally a lot of your own isms and like mm-hmm. who you are as a person just like sort of naturally folds into the mix And so, yeah. And, and I think what's so fun is that she's able, like, I'm able to like, like make her funny in certain moments because I think like she, I mean, it's like, it's hilarious. Like her, her as a sparkling diamond is just like, it's so funny to me. It's like, she's, this is a persona. It's not like, this is not her, you know, like when she's like, enter, that's like, it's not her, you know, it's not Satine. That's a sparkling diamond. And so I think it's like fun to play with that. And so yeah, there's a lot of Courtney totally. moments in those things. Like my mom came to see the show for the first time. She's like, so many of your faces. I remember you made those faces as a child, <laughs> you know, it was really cute. She's like, it's the same. You're the same as you were as a kid. I'm like, I know it's so funny. It's so like, maybe so there is a little bit more Satine in you than you thought. That's so funny. I, no, you're right. No, for sure. <laughs> this, definitely the sparkling diamond for sure. Yeah. The sparkling diamond. Oh my God. That yeah. that's so funny. It's so good. You, you were talking about you know firework and now the sparkling diamond and everything. Like you slay. Like you're you're just so good. That that number is so like epic, and, and you are just <laughs> wailing your face off. And it's oh like it's the greatest thing ever. Like it was one of my favorite. Like and the, you like you said, it's like a kick ass. I want song, you know, that like we would have never expected. Uh, but, you know, as I mentioned, you're wailing your face. How do you like it's so vocally demanding this role? Like how what do you do to like preserve your voice and then kind of like take care of yourself outside of the theater? Oh, my gosh. It's so actually last week was like so crazy because we had gotten back from Tokyo like a mm. week ago and getting what's so insane is getting back into the show. I'm sure you know this too. It's like when you're conditioned, when you're show conditioned and then you take like a week off, it's like, right. it's like taking a week off at the gym and <laughs> going back to the gym and be like, dang, my muscles atrophied. Like it is the same vocally, right? It's like, mm. Oh my gosh, I wasn't singing the show every day. And you would think that you'd come back even more fresh and you sort of do like on the first show back you're like I'm fresh and then you're like oh gosh like this is hard I forgot how hard this is because you're just sort (laughs) of like maintaining those muscles so I think it's a balance of like maintaining the muscles and then also like um just you know hydrating and always the Mm. the um the humidifier and all the you know like nasal rinses and like preventing it's like you, your life as a performer is like 
just don't get sick. Like that's like basically right. all it is. It's like do everything in your power to just not get sick. Do all the supplements and all the things. It's just it's just crazy. Like see, your job is to not get sick. Basically, it's kind of disgusting too. Like the nasal rinses, those saline solutions and whatever. I'm just like, I can't, I can't. It's so nasty seeing like. I don't even want to think about it and paint a picture for listeners, but it's just like, you know, it's not cute. It's not cute. It's not glamorous. You know, like the people it sure think isn't. it may be. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. so nasty. But uh, <laughs> that's so interesting because, you know, like people say like, you know, I try not to like, I just try to rest my voice. And then you have like the other point of view where it's like, I kind of just want to keep it just going at all times just to keep it, you know, you know, I don't know, like strong, you know, like it's like, it's right. totally a muscle and just working it out. So interesting to hear your perspective on it. Everyone has like their own thing. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm curious because you've, ex- you've experienced these wonderful yet wild fans on both the tour and Broadway now. Um, it's like, a cult following it really is it's madness and i'm obsessed with the love that that people will see like when i saw the show the people in the front row were like oh this is like my 56th time seeing the show and i was like i'm sorry like <laughs> how many times yeah. like it's wild that people you know i i don't know it, it it obviously resonates with them but and they keep coming back which is lovely but um i don't know like what does that mean to you and like what does that mean entering a show D- does it add any like excitement or nerves or whatever like knowing that like there's just like this huge fan base and these expectations or anything like that yeah I think for sure like if I oh gosh I think if I were playing Christian it would really stress me out (laughs) because there's always recordings of Roxanne it's always like you can't have a bad day you can't have like one day where you're like kind of sick or you crack or whatever because that's about to be on the internet I'm so glad that like firework isn't like that you know what I mean it's like so for me the pressure is off which is great I think Uh. if this would have happened if I would have been Satine 10 years ago I would have just been like ultimately so stressed and been worried about like comparing me to other people and this and that and that would have been like very it would have been a very vulnerable thing for me but now I'm like I'm now that I'm older I just don't care as much about those things as I used to and I'm so glad about it and I'm like that's why I try to tell I try to tell people that are like maybe at least younger in their career to just like not really care about it because Mm. it doesn't really matter at the end of the day it's like people are always going to compare you to other performers because if you're, even if you're the original or if somebody replaces you or whatever, they're always going to compare you to other people and people will always have their preferences. You know, they'll always have their favorite Satines and they'll always have their favorite Christians and they'll always have their favorite duos and whatever. And like, you're not going to make everyone happy. That is one thing that I had to learn with, with Aladdin, like the hard way is like, you're just never going to make everyone happy and it's not your job to. Right. And that's right. okay. And like, if people don't like you, it's has nothing to do with you. You know, it's right. like, it's really, it's like, it's like when you audition for something, you don't get it. It's like, it really doesn't have anything to do with your talent. Like it has a lot to do with just like Personal things that are, I mean, everything yeah. out of your, your control, you know? So, so those things you can only control within a certain range of things. And that's mm. you know showing up, being a good person, being a good company member, being a good co-star like 
giving it your 100 or your 80, whatever it is in that Um, day that you can give, you know? And so it's like, it's, that's, that's just the ultimate goal and just like having fun. And I, and I still have so much mm. fun with the show and, and everything that I do. Yeah. And I, I just realize I'm like, if I get to a point where I'm not having fun anymore, that's when I know that I can be done, you know, but I still right. have so much fun. And, and, um, and so that's, I guess that's it. Did I even answer the question? Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yes. No, it, it's, it's just like the fan base, you know, it's, it's wonderful, but it, it can be brutal at times, you know? So just like navigating it, I guess, as a performer, it, it's good to know because I mean, it's a little easier said than done because, you know, as, as performers, we also have our own insecurities, but, uh, you know, it takes the time and the experience to, to learn and, and grow, I guess, is essentially oh, for what you sure. answer. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, I, I guess I approach the fan base in a, in a very like positive way versus like right. the other way. And I guess, I guess had 10 years ago, I been in this role, I would have approached it in a very negative, like not a negative way, uh, like a very anxious way. I would have been like, I don't know, like, are they going to be happy? And now I'm just like, I'm, I just love that they support the show. I'm like, Thank you for being here. You know, like you guys are amazing. You're keeping the show running and I'm just like thrilled. So like it makes me happy. And I have so many bracelets. The thing is right now, the stage where it's the bracelets. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I I mean, it it could be, I don't know about on Broadway, but like every concert you go to now, they're doing like these friendship bracelets and it's like those, those ones that you make as a kid and the beads and everything. Yeah. Yes. That's a Taylor Swift thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Her era's tour. Oh my gosh. You're you're not on the TikToks, I assume. I am not on the TikToks. (laughs) I am. Oh my gosh. I'm too old for it. I don't get it. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's so not true. (laughs) I I think you would eat it up to be completely honest with you. And the bracelets are so cute. Oh my god! They are it's so cute. funny that they're they're doing that at me. It's really I can't. sweet. You know, I'm like that a stack. Of like I'm gonna put them in. I think I want to get a cute little jar and then just oh, like have them cute. in a jar so you can see all the colors and stuff. That's really fun. What am I, what do do they like say words too? Yeah, like I have like green fairy ones. Um, oh, what does wait, that mean? Wait, hold green. on. Let me show you. Let me get them. <laughs> they're like they're like right here. Right here. Oh my god! Right Obsessed. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> okay, this is hilarious. So the ones that I have here, but I have some of the theater too that are like, even like they, they come in like different. I, they're really cute. Okay, this is a series. These are so cute. Okay, this one oh says God. sparkling. This one says Period. sparkling sparkling diamond how cute and then this one has stars on it and they're like oh my god yeah i have green fairy ones like look at what does green fairy mean green fairy green fairy is like when i i'm on the green fairy the oh you know in the and the absinthe scene oh my god brilliant satine oh i have a jasmine one 
LOL. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, there was a sing along. There's a sing along. We did a sing along. Did you know about this? Sing along. I did know about this. Yeah, isn't that insane? Oh, this one says firework. Like honestly, there's just like so many. Oh, Courtney, great. Yes. There was one. I mean, I haven't gotten one that says mom yet. Here we go. Because you know, there's like all the things. You know, it says, "Well, I'm not a mom." But you know how like, the kids are like, mom and dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're right? going to. What is that they're gonna give. They're going to give you mom and they're going to give Casey dad. I'm dying. That's I so know. funny. No, because they, they just like love your guys' like love, I guess. And, and that hilarious. you like showcase on stage and they're like parents. You know, that's a very, I don't know what, what started that. I actually Mom know, and dad. It's so funny. Very, very real. That's so funny. Very so real. okay, we we know what bracelet you want now. So so don't <laughs> don't be shocked if someone comes up with a mom <laughs> bracelet at the stage door. Now I'll send them over oh. myself. Oh my oh god! Oh my that's hilarious. gosh! <laughs> Friendship bracelets at Broadway show. Who knew? I love it. Um, well, well, um, I will do one more Mulan Rouge question, and then I want to talk about the Disney Princess concert really quick, and then I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, oh I'm obsessed with that, all of this. Um, so I, I'll start with my last Moulin Rouge question, just since we're on the topic. And, and you know, it, it's wonderful to see like Moulin Rouge have this, you know, first of all, the fan base and this, you know, long run. We don't see a lot of these long runs. I mean, obviously, like you've been a part of musicals that have gone long runs, which is very, um, it's probably just you. They're, they're, it's just it, you. It must be. Part. It's you. You're this one selling tickets. Um, you know, with Mamma Mia, Aladdin, like all of these shows, like they, they, they've had these long extended runs. But it's very rare to see, you know, for jukebox musicals and, and John Logan, I mean, and the whole creative team have done something pretty incredible in just making the show work and making these songs, you know, exist as if they were legitimately written for this show. Um, like as a performer, you know, is is there like another level i guess of like commitment i i don't i don't know like how to like phrase this but like you know when i saw the show there was like some people would laugh at the start of like firework or when christian would sing like one of his songs because it was like it's like a little corny but you have to like stay in it and like but and it works because of the commitment um so like i don't know is there anything like that or that you kind of had to like i don't know i guess like learn or um prepare for when you got in the show yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like because it had already been sort of like a well-oiled machine at that point, it was it was like we already knew that it worked. So we're like, okay, this works. But then yeah. I think when you add the element of like just brand new sort of fresh actors approaching the material and, and like uh, the in the world, the show, and we were able to do – this is what I love. I loved about doing the first national was that – like, as a replacement, it's so difficult to have the entire company as in the same world, right? You're like, right. you join the company together. You, I mean, you all create this show together. And although it was a show that had already been established, it was sort of all of our own stamps on the show versus like mm. what it would be like to replace in a Broadway show. I mean, you know about this. And so it's like, it for me, I had really was like dying to do the tour because I'm like, this is going to be so amazing. 
and the full creative team was there. So they got to also yeah, with wow. national tours, you learn so much from the OG company and then you apply any sort of changes that you want to make or like improvements mm-hmm. on the national tour. You know, you're like, and okay, great. Now let's try it like this and let's try it like right. this. And so it was really cool to be like, oh, we get to like have a fresh new approach on this material. And they cast like the most incredible dream team of actors that like you put them in a room and they lift the words off the page and you're just like, wow, like you don't have to do so much work as an actor because you're just like, oh, I'm just responding to this like incredible you like, I mean, our Ziedler was a Yale graduate and like, <laughs> he is like the, one of the most talented people I've ever seen. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't have to do anything. Like, I just have I to respond it. to what you're giving me. You know, it's so, so beautiful. And you, um, oh and so, so much of it is just dependent on the actors and like, and yeah. so I think it was easy to be in the world of it. And like when the audience would laugh, it would just be like, oh, great. They love it but yeah. not in a way of like, oh, shut up. You know, it was like, oh my God, they love it. They love it. Yes. And they're on no, that they're, journey. They were like totally on the journey with us. Absolutely. No, they're eating it up. Cause like people were like starting to applaud. Like some people didn't know whether they should apply or not. Like it was just like, there's that like, oh my God, this is like, it's an excitement, you know, like a giggle, yeah. like a, you know, like type of thing. And it's really cute. Just the way that, it, you know, it's all like taken shape and you, you all have worked as a company and a creative team just so, um, I, don't know, I guess, wonderfully and making this beautiful thing into what it is, you know, it's really special. Aww, yeah. So it's <laughs> Thank you. I guess. I don't know. Um, so, okay. Let's talk about the Disney princess concert really quickly because, yeah. okay. So I have a, I have these two little cousins and I'm obsessed with them. And they just went to their first Disney Princess concert in um, D.C., in the D.C. area. And they're just obsessed. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. Like, I knew a couple of the people performing. Like, I knew Sydney Winters. She was in Pippin with me. Um, and I think there was one more where I was like, oh, my God, I know them, too. So they were just eating it up. And I, I, so I love what it's doing for, like, the little kids and kind of making them fall in love with musical theater because a lot of them that's like their first association with it i guess um and you are are a producer on that so what has that been like for you and and that side of the industry i guess i think it well it's it's so cool to be a part of i mean i was brought on um in the very very early stages and was able to um be a producing partner on it like when we started when we partnered, then when we partnered with Disney and it was a whole thing, but it started as a 54 below show that was just kind of a campy little show that like, you know, would sell out. Um, basically they would release it, would sell out. It was their fastest selling show. It would sell out two minutes or something crazy. And it would just be like all of your favorite, like queen divas, like coming in and like cosplay (laughs) and like, you know, doing these like campy, um, uh, versions of, like your iconic favorite Disney songs. And so when we started taking that um, on the road and like doing performing arts centers and, and uh, it was, it was kind of like, how do I explain this? It's like my entire life. I wanted to be like in a 
and and like a, like a Spice Girl or like in Destiny's Child, and it's like yes. it's basically like the Spice Girls, but like Disney princesses. You know, it's like, and Period. the concert is really beautiful and moving. And then once we did, you know, partnered with Disney, all of the animations in behind us are now we yeah. are, we're supported by all of the animations, and so it's like it's so beautiful because it's like an uh, a stunning evening of seeing like four powerhouse divas doing what yeah. they do best singing these songs supported by the animations behind you so it's like very nostalgic <laughs> but it's also like my gosh these broadway divas are like so amazing and they get to tell these stories about how they originated these roles and like what it was like and um and their bond together and just sort of seeing four icons that like would never normally be in a show together or like now in a show together right. supporting each other and then when you when you hear vocals like that of like all four singing like that like let it go or like into the unknown you're just like yes. what it's amazing <laughs> like when would you get that many incredible like broadway stars together singing these songs and so it's been yeah. amazing to be a part of the the producing side and it gives me a different perspective too on like you know when i work for producers on broadway shows i'm like i totally get it you know i totally get yeah. why they have to like you know, the money, the, how, how far the money can go and how to stretch the money. And like, um, mm. you know, it takes so much effort and uh, so much money to produce these shows. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really hard. You know, it's like if you're, you know, if you're coming up short in certain ways, it's like, oh, my gosh, but you're really trying. And so it gives me a different perspective mm -hmm. on that, too, with my own producers on shows that I work for. Totally. It gives you just a whole new perspective on the industry. You, I don't know. I feel like yeah. it's easy to forget that it is a business because there's so much to other things to focus on, just the whole spectacle of it all, I guess. Um, yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this is a job, you know? Like, it's easy to forget that you're even doing a job eight days a week because you're just having fun, you know, type of I thing. I know. It's true. Yeah. So um, I, I love that because that's what I'm going to school for now. So I'm very interested in the producing side and like how that all works. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, so cool. And an actor who also produces. Um, is that something you like want to get into? Or is that like, you know, it's just your little show here with that? I mean, not little because it's like touring around major <laughs> concert venues, but, you know, <laughs> with Disney Princess concert series. Oh gosh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should do more of it. Maybe I should go to. Maybe I, what school are you going to? Should we? Should we do? Should I do it with you? <laughs> like, yes. Oh, um, oh my gosh, that's amazing gonna, that you're doing that. Oh my god, yeah, I'm at Pace, so I, I'm loving. It. I don't know. I, I just looked at my school. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It's it's very fascinating and learning the business side of it all. Like, I don't know. There's so much to it that I never knew you know, that yeah. I didn't even know, like, was even a thought or was something that a decision that even had to be made. Um, so just going through that process has kind of gotten me into it. I was kind of like, I don't know, I was a little iffy on it, I guess, in the beginning, but uh, I love it now. It's like, oh, my God, it's so cool. But, oh, my um, gosh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would hope to produce um, at some point more because it i mean it is really cool but it's just so oh my gosh it's so tough it's a lot <laughs> yeah right yeah. oh my gosh it's crazy yeah so i like would you want to like direct it all like what is it like what is next like in the ideal world i mean i know you just started another broadway show 
not a big deal, but like down the line, like what, what's like a goal? Like what, what's the, what's the end goal for you? Oh gosh, I don't know. I have no idea. I think I've just sort of like moved through life in a way that like things, I just go like, I think everything's going to be okay. And then like everything ends up being okay. It's really weird. It's like things just sort of, they, things come up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, this is a wonderful opportunity. And I, I, so like I see signs of things and then I just go for it. So I yeah. think people naturally sort of go in the way that it, um, that it will inevitably. I, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what the world has in store for me next, but I, I'm definitely yeah. <laughs> open to it. Like I was, I was going over some material last night when my friend was like, he's like, okay, I got a call back. I have to go in for tom- tomorrow. I have like these sides, these sides, these two songs, these two songs. Oh, and God. we were all like supposed to hang out. And I was just like, okay, let's go over this. And so <laughs> I realized I was like, oh my gosh, this is really fun for me. This is fun for yeah. me to like break down the scene and like to break to like talk through like the scene and like what's going on and like what the character is and the development. Right. And, like, why are you singing this song? And like, why are you responding in this way? Or like, where can we find some comedy in this? That's really funny. Or like, and so I'm like, dang, is that like directorial? Is that a directorial brain? Or is it just sort of like a teaching brain? Like, I don't know, like something that like, I'd like to, you know, um, continue like just like working with students or like, I don't know. I love it. It's so fascinating. I I'm, I'm the same way. I'm just like, it's, I just love it all. Like, just let me figure out a way to like tell a story and entertain. And like, I'm happy, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah, So I totally get that. Um, well, how can we find you, you know, on, on the Instagrams or whatever of like keeping up with like what's going on in the world of, of Courtney Reed? Okay. Yeah. Okay. My Instagram is at Rhodes Reed, R-H-O-D-E-S Reed, R-E-E-D. Yes. At Rhodes Reed. Yeah. Not like a driving road. Right. Exactly. Not like a driving road and not (laughs) like an R-E-I-D and R-E-E-D. It's like Rhodes Scholar Reed, R-E-E-D. Yeah. That's where I do most of my stuff on Instagram because I'm old. Cute. What? That's so not true. Get out of here. You're done. I'm not on the TikTok. I mean, I actually am on TikTok, but I oh. don't like do TikTok. Right, 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 right. It's fun to look at. It's um, fun to look at sometimes. It's too much work to make. I get that. As long as you're not, I mean, it, no shame if you're on the Facebook, but that's like more of the old social media. Instagram's pretty true. hip still, so you're good. Is it? You're, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in the clear. Okay, um, great. Thank you. Well, this has been an absolute treat and, and you are just killing it over at Moulin Rouge, you know, eight times a week, casually performing on Broadway and Delicious. leading an this unbelievable so show. Oh my God. You have so much to take a bow for and, and have had such a wonderful career. And I just can't wait to, you know, cheer you on for through future endeavors. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you, darling. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming on the show today. Um, and, yeah, this has been wonderful. Break a leg uh, throughout the rest of your run. Thank you. Of course. Take a bow, Courtney Reed. Oh, my God. I just – I can't say it enough. I know this was very Moulin Rouge heavy. Okay, we got – I kind of got away from my whole, like, you know, not like a script, but, like, my usual, like – the usual way I do this, where we talk about all kind of shows in her career, you know, Moulin Rouge was just so fresh in my head that I was just wanting to know everything. Um, I really wanted to talk about Moulin Rouge and, and like her 
what she was going through as an actor or a producer or like all the endeavors of Courtney Reed herself, like that's currently happening. Um, and, and to talk about, you know, the difference of tour life because Moulin Rouge is still currently on tour and John Cardoza is having his final show um, in DC this weekend. Um, so I wanted to talk about all of it. And, and since it's like so relative to my particular show and I, I just loved the, the Moulin Rouge. So I, it was very Moulin Rouge heavy and um, I appreciate you all listening to it. Uh, hopefully you all enjoyed it because Moulin Rouge, I, I can't stress this enough. If you haven't seen it, you must, you must, must go see it for any Broadway person. It is, it is it, man. And it is, I mean, it's very rare that we see a show in general last as long as this show has. Um, so that right there should tell you that it's something special and uh, something absolutely worth going to see. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm just a huge fan. And the fact that it's a jukebox musical, it's very rare coming from me personally. I know if, if you guys listen to this show every week, you would not expect me to like Moulin Rouge as much as I did this weekend, but I'm not even kidding you. I am, I'm on board and I get it. I get it, chickens. I uh, fully understand now and i'm obsessed that the these um this new thing is happening on broadway with friendship bracelets i say more of that more uh, more doing uh things to show your appreciation for the performers not um craziness things going on to show your appreciation to performers um <laughs> that would be amazing and the fact that courtney literally like came on and showed me i'll i'll post a clip on like the social media and this will be up on youtube eventually so um you guys can check out those bracelets that she was showing me uh while we were talking about all of it so for those of you who are interested and you're going to Moulin Rouge soon, uh, you know what bracelet she wants. So um, I guess her and Casey, you can make uh, mom and dad for her and Casey. Uh, that would be iconic. And you should say that you listened to this episode and it inspired you to make that. Um, but I love it. And uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Take a Bow. Hopefully you guys all go see Moulin Rouge. It's happening over there at the Al Hirschfeld Theater on 45th Street. And it is, it's something you don't want to miss right now. It really is. This cast is phenomenal. And uh, Eric Anderson, I, I, oh my God, I didn't see Eric Anderson yet either. I saw Danny Burstein and Danny Burstein was amazing. But Eric Anderson is equally amazing in this role. Um, he is like born to play that role. Like it's it's unbelievable. So um, shout out to Eric and shout out to, to everyone in the cast, to be completely honest with you. Um, I just absolutely fell in love. And uh, yeah, everyone go see it. So that's all I have for you folks this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you all enjoyed it. Come back next week for a, another wonderful episode. And uh, we're going to have another performer here on, on the podcast. So uh, stay tuned for more stories from your favorite Broadway stars. Until then, bye, everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network.
Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.